let's talk a little shit about him before he comes on. I'm torn because, you know, I'm excited for him. Yeah. But I also hate I also hate him cuz he's beating up on all the old guys. All the guys that <laughs> that I like. Well, I th- I think we're at that kind of transition in the uh in the sport right now where it's going to start to happen. There's going to be some young guys coming in and the old guys you know, that can only stay around for so long. I was, what, I was what, what do you mean that time? Isn't isn't every year that time or I mean, yeah, but you look at a guy like Scott Panchik, who's been relevant for eight years now, and he still is. And you look at someone like right. <clears throat> Annie Thor's daughter or Kara Saunders, who've been relevant for eight to ten years, and they appear to still be. Um, but you also have guys like Jason Hopper and Mallory O'Brien and Emma Carey that are coming up, and Haley Adams and Justin Medeiros that are the next the next one of those athletes that are, have the potential to be relevant for eight to ten years. It, do they start to become kind of like gatekeepers? Like, is, is I, I don't want to disrespect Scott in the slightest, but is Scott has Scott always been sort of the gatekeeper? Like, he's the guy. If you can beat Scott, you, like if you can't beat Scott, you have no chance at winning the CrossFit Games. But if you can beat Scott, all of a sudden, like you are a serious, serious threat. I don't think that's unfair to say. I mean, he's been fourth, fifth, or sixth like seven times. You know. So if you want to be on the podium, that's a guy you have to be able to beat. I, I hate to judge a book by its cover, but have you ever seen Scott look better? Have you ever seen his physique look better? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Rich looks like he's losing muscle. Rich looks like he's smaller than ever and less defined and less vascular, whereas Scott looks more, more jacked than ever. Yeah, he did look. He did. Look yes, really, no, maybe so. He looked. He looked jacked and big at the Mid Atlantic for sure. No, he looks good. I was. And we have I, no idea what Travis looks like because he kept <laughs> he kept his shirt on. But I mean, I know you can't judge a book by its cover. But I actually, you know, I was talking to a friend last night after we got off, and and uh, have you seen the movie The Warrior with Tom Hardy and his wrestles his brother in that UFC thing? I tried. I've tried. I think I've tried to watch it a couple of times. People tell me it's really good and I'd like it, but I just can't make it through it for some reason. And by the way, every time you say I have a friend, it's always amazing to me how many friends you are because I. No, it's the same friend. I every picture time. you as sort of. Oh, okay. Because I picture you. I picture you as like when I'm done talking to you, you kind of just go back into your closet with your computer and you just look at stuff. Like I just, in my mind, I'm the only person you ever talk to. You just, you seem like a, a recluse. Almost like a yeah 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 yeah. You got a recluse vibe to you. I just go in the woods and throw frisbees, and then I come in and talk to you on the podcast. That's it. Yeah, I just picture you as a dude who just has a girlfriend he sees like twice a week, and like you already have a time scheduled to see her. See her twice a week, like, but I don't call her girlfriend. Okay. <laughs> and, yeah, exactly. I mean, you're just you're really. Uh, I just just I anyway. Just throws me off every time you use that. Same with Fraser for different reasons. Every time he says, "So I had some friends at the house." I'm like, "What the fuck are you talking about? You don't have any friends." So I was I was actually wrong about a Hopper's collegiate career last night. I, I looked it up a little bit this morning. So he walked on to Clemson in 2017, and that was his only year. And if the internet is accurate, he had one catch for Clemson, and then he stepped away the following year to pursue other endeavors. What does that mean? Walked on. That means he wasn't. Is that the same? He was getting recruited by another college in the area, like as a scholarship athlete, but he chose to go to Clemson and walk. So he walked onto the team. He took a chance that he wouldn't make it, but he did make it. 
Oh, interesting. So he had to go to the, like, he went to the tryouts, he proved himself, and then they said, yeah, yeah, you're good enough, you're on the team this year. That happens um, a lot. I'm going to Chrome, I'm going to tell, I'm sending Jason a hopper and a text right now, Chrome browser, please. Um, it, 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 uh, you know, you know, um, you're familiar with Jonathan Haynes, correct? He, he's the, oh, yeah. I think he's the director of games media, I think. Yeah, so I'm last position night. I gave him. I don't know if it's changed. Okay. I, you know, he has a fascinating story, by the way, about that. He walked on to the football team at, uh, I want to say Texas A&M. He just walked uh-huh. on. I, I think it's a fascinating story. We should have him on the podcast sometime. I think he got a scholarship to, I think he got a scholarship to Texas A&M to play football. Then they took the scholarship away from him, and he said, fuck it. And he just went there and walked onto the football team and tried out and made it to the team. Good result. Jason. Hey, fellas. Can y'all hear me? We, yeah. Great. Buddy, how old? What, what are you, 15 years old? Look at you. <laughs> I'm 23. Yeah, you look like a grown-ass man when I watch you in the semifinals. Now I look, feel like I'm interviewing a guy who just graduated from high school, maybe junior high, high school. You, look like, you just look like a really big, well-developed kid who's in the ninth grade. Yeah, well, appreciate it, man. I'm 23. Um, Look at that skin. Yeah, man. Put some lotion on this morning. When's the last time you had a pimple? Um, Well, I take care of my face, so not too long ago. But, yeah, man, my wife has some moisturizer, beauty counter. You ever heard of it? Uh, No, but tell if she's selling it, tell us about it. Yeah, so she's an ambassador for beauty counter, and basically I get some product every now and then. And helps my face. You sound like uh, you're part of a like part of the the a, a trial group. Um, this is definitely a proven product. <laughs> you, you better make sure there's no testosterone in that. Uh, <laughs> That's what I've been hearing a whole lot of. In that gel, what do you mean? What have you been hearing? A- accusations about what you're doing since you did so well at the semifinals? Yeah, I've get, been getting a whole lot of that. A lot. I've seen a whole lot of comments, so I'm, I've been expecting to address that. I'm assuming. Are you? Um, is, is that the first time in your life? I, I know it sounds like you've been an athlete your whole life. Is that the first time you're you're now that you're thrust into the limelight with so many people watching your individual performances? Is this the first time you've ever heard that in your life? Um, sort of. They want to definitely. They all, it's the first like serious like okay like are you like actually doing this stuff? Um, but I've been, people have been joking around with me about that kind of stuff for the longest. I, I, I went and saw, um, I went and watched my wife do Murph at CrossFit Aptos this weekend. And there was a seven, uh, boy who had just turned 16 years old who was doing Murph with my wife. By the way, yeah. do you know Brian, Jason? Sorry, before we just jump I've in. I've heard a lot of things about Brian. I know J, J.R. Howell, um, James Howell. He said he knew you. He said you were a good dude, man. Um, so. Heard about you. Weird. He knows weird shit about athletes. Like he knows where you like you buy your sheets. He knows like <laughs> the time you drop the he knows the time you drop the pass in the seventh grade. He knows weird <laughs> shit about you. That didn't happen too often, by the way. No, I just recently met, um, met JR on uh, on Instagram and he's been actually super kind and generous and giving me some information about some of you guys that are up and coming in the sport. So it's been really nice to get okay. to know him. And he's actually coming up to I'm in yeah. Minnesota right now for Granite Games and he's coming up here this weekend. So okay. I, I'll get to meet him in person. Yeah. 
Who's JR? JR is a um, just a gym owner, one of my good friends. He lives uh, about 30 minutes away. Um, I train with him a little bit. Um, Savan, remember I told you about an, that off-season competition that, that Jason won? That was at JR's gym. Okay. I don't remember. Was that last night? <clears throat> I probably have told it to you two or three times. Uh, I, usually five times for retention. It has to make it past my beard to stick in my brain. So, so, so I'm, I'm watching my, I'm watching my wife do Murph at this CrossFit affiliate. What, what gym does JR own? Let's plug his gym. Crash, crash, CrossFit crash. C-R-A-S-H, crash. Yeah. Um, what city? Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay. And they're, he's, he's going to have um, another, uh, another high level competition this fall, I think, with some big names coming yeah. out. It's big. It's, it's, man, it's probably the, one of the best gyms in the Southeast, man. Giant, man. I'm actually awesome. thinking of going down in October for the competition. I was talking to him about it. Yeah, come on. He's trying to get, so Jake Berman was there last year. Uh, Josh Miller, games athlete. Um, I was there, obviously a no name at the time. Um, he's trying to get Travis Mayer to come up there. Luke Parker was up there. Was a, he's a celebrity. Um, Luke Parker, Lucas Parker, you mean from uh, Canada? <laughs> the redheaded dude? Oh. You don't know who Luke Parker is from the back? No, sir. No, sir. Oh. He trains with um, Rich Froning now. Anyone west of the Mississippi does not watch The Bachelor. Really? No. Oh. Do you know what The Bachelor is, though? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I watch The Bachelor. I actually love of it. Of course you do. Um, and uh, it's, it's also interesting that you said. Uh, you said, come on, because I haven't heard anyone say that since um, I used to hang out with Rich Froning, because that's what he would say. I'd be like, oh, Rich, how are things going at your house? And he'd be like, come on, like, come on, come on and visit. I don't think he'd ever say that to me again, <laughs> but he used to say that to me. So, so this boy, this boy is 16 years old and I'm talking, and I'm looking at him and he's just a, he's a man child. I can't believe his calves, his shoulder development. And his mom's there and I'm like, Hey, what's the deal with your son? And she's like, Oh, he just turned 16 years old and he's been doing CrossFit since he's been seven. And I'm even noticing with my own boys who are just four and four and six that their development already. I'm guessing just from all the movement. Damn, I'm hearing an echo. Hold on a second. So sorry for that interruption. So my thought was is that these people who start working out, not even start working out, these kids who are having normal life activities at a young age, who are acting like you know kids and like really moving a lot, that their hormones are just they they just they just fire up and they just start developing earlier. They just look. Bigger, yeah. faster, stronger, more coordinated. My kid plays tennis with older kids who are significantly better than, than him, but he just moves so much better right. because he's just always been challenged and moving and swinging. Do you, is, have you been playing sports just, I mean, like, like, did your mom birth you and then you were just playing? Like, did you just come out running? Um, I started probably when I was really young, um, probably about 10, played football and baseball. I mean, I've, play t-ball from you know when they let started letting me i didn't start working out until about 15 because my dad said it would stunt my growth so um kind of the opposite of what you're saying i didn't necessarily get plugged in into the whole gym world until probably about 16 starting gold's gym though and, and uh, did you do the arnold schwarzenegger stuff bench press back and buys the stuff yeah, we all, all did the, all the machines because my dad did it so he was like hey come along like just follow what i do 
So we did a bunch of tricep pull downs, yeah, a bunch of dumbbell curls, and good stuff. All that good stuff. I didn't actually start cleaning and deadlifting until high school, training for football. You said you were married. I, I must have heard. I must have heard that wrong. There's no way you're 23 and married. You mean like, will you marry me? And there's like a priest, and like you, you put a ring on her finger and all that I stuff. Did. I did put a ring on her finger. My high school sweetheart. Her name is Grace Ann. Incredible. So you're up for all the challenges, the most painful activity in the world: CrossFit and yeah. marriage. <laughs> so far, we're so good, man. It's awesome. Um, how long have you been married? Last February, so about a year and about 16 months, I think. Is that? I don't know. Yeah. Almost Congratu- a month and a half. Congratulations. Month and a half, year and a half. Thank you. It's been Do awesome. You, are, are kids in the, in the, in the works or? No, no. We're not ready for that. That's a whole nother beast. Yeah. Do you guys have a dog yet? We do have a dog. We actually just got one. Um, his name is Teddy. Uh-huh. He's a, um, a miniature golden doodle. Uh huh. He's amazing. Yeah, they are amazing. And, and I, I really sincerely believe that a dog is like a great way, gateway to a kid. Because <laughs> yeah. you'll see how the two of you react to it. Like he'll shit in the kitchen and you'll want to spank him and she'll be like, no. Or you'll yeah. see who feeds him more. Like everyone is kind of like, we'll step into line for what responsibilities. Mm-hmm. You'll be the one who always takes him to the vet or she will. And, and you'll start to see. And that really uh, rolls over to when you have kids, like really, really rolls over. It's kind of it's kind of nuts. Well, we've actually actually started seeing some of those little signs. Like she'll he'll eat up something while we're gone, and then she'll like want to spank him and like discipline him, and I just can't because he's so freaking cute, man. And I'm just <laughs> I, can't, I can't be mad at this dog. I just can't be mad at him. He's just too too the best thing. Do you tell her not to? Do you try to get in the way? Oh, come on, baby. Yeah, get, I do. Cut. I said, come on. Hey, what, he didn't know any better. <laughs> I have reverse roles with my wife. It's funny. It was like that with the dogs, and it's like that with the kids. When I'm coming down on them hard, she'll be like, "Yo, yo, yo, ease up, ease up." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. How how tall are you? Six one. And how much do you weigh? Two twenty. Two twenty. Man, we have to find a different sport for you. You know, you can't win the CrossFit Games being that big. I oh, know that's the chip. That's the chip I carry. Tell is me that, about that. Tell me. Go ahead, Brian. I was just curious. Is that um, like a weight that you want to be at for competition for CrossFit, or is or would you prefer to be a little lighter? I'd actually prefer to be a, a little lighter. Two hundred five, two ten would be ideal. But man, I've tried it all. Man, it's just there. I have like five four percent body fat, man. And you need more. You need more body fat than that, actually. <laughs> right, Seva. Yeah. Remember what I mean, remember what Greg super, said about lean. Uh, remember what Greg said about Annie like ten years ago? She's like, Yeah, she's too lean. She's not gonna last throughout the weekend. <laughs> well then I'd be bigger. If I put on fat, man. Um so man, there's we've tried a lot of things and it's just like we're just gonna accept it and, and give our best and see what happens. So you played baseball and football growing up? And, and what other sports did you do? Did you dabble in, I don't know, racquetball, golf? You did weightlifting with no. your dad? Did you do soccer? What other, what other stuff? No, I didn't do anything. I, I just played a bunch of football and a bunch of baseball. So my brother played some baseball, so kind of just followed his tracks. And um, I was really good at football, but so I ended up quitting baseball in high school to pursue football. I wanted to play college football, go to the NFL, do all that jazz. 
And, and so end up stop quitting football or quitting baseball to do football. So I didn't get into tennis. My, I think it was because my family wasn't in, in, in that kind of stuff. So I was just followed in the footsteps. But if I were, if I were to go back though, I love tennis, man. Tennis is my jam. I've actually got into it, but last year during like quarantine and all that, me and my wife and a few friends would play tennis, man. I got tennis lessons from this dude. I wasn't bad. Um, and it was just so fun, man. We were playing tennis every single day. I think one day I'll take up golf. It's just too, too dang expensive. So there's a lot of things I want to try. Um, so yeah. Those are good. Those are good sports for a lifetime. You got plenty of time to pick those up. Yeah, man. I go out to tennis courts and there's like older guys, man, just whacking the crap out of that ball. I'm just like, this is going to be me for the rest of my life. Racket sports are weird because you'll see a guy on a court who's playing, who's like 65, 70, 75 years old. He's crushing it. And then when he walks off the court, he can barely move. And you're like, dude, I j- you, do you know what I'm talking about? Right. That phenomenon? You see that in the, when I was uh, in college, I used to play a lot of racquetball. And there'd be a guy who's just crushing it. And no one can beat him. And then he's like got a walker to get to his car. I'm like, what the fuck? How, what? <laughs> it's a tennis sports or a trip. The average, the average height of the top 500 best tennis male tennis players in the world is 6'1". Okay. So, yeah, I mean, you're... I doubt it's 220. <laughs> yeah, they're probably a little bit lean, a little skinny. So you play. So you go to um, Clemson and you make it onto the football team there. I did. Yeah. Was well, that? Got, I, it was. Per, it was a preferred walk on. It was like already pretty mapped out for me. So they already had a spot for me. And and what was that training like there? What was the What were the demands physically? Um, we did a bunch of. Um, agility stuff. We obviously ran, like, had our conditioning and did gassers and we ran 120s and we did all that stuff. We did a bunch of just weightlifting. You know, we did, we cleaned a lot of weight. We bench pressed, we squatted, we did a bunch of dumbbell stuff. Um, high, the intensity wasn't necessarily high. We were just trying to get, like, swollen and bulked up. Um, but then we would go and, you know, obviously do the conditioning part, move, push sleds around, do agility stuff, cone work. All that stuff. Um, so yeah, it was awesome. And because those sports, baseball and football, when I think of them relative to CrossFit, I think the time domains that you are asked to be at full blast are much shorter than CrossFit, correct? Yeah, correct. We're talking about, about four seconds on a football field um, versus <laughs> 20 minutes, you know. And then how did you cross paths with CrossFit? So... I had to take a year off to play football at Clemson. I couldn't get into school because I, I thought I was going to get it. I had a few scholarships to, to play a football out of college or high school, and I never got the scholarship from Clemson. So they gave me the preferred walk on. And so they said, Hey, you could, you have to have these kind of grades to get in and you have a spot on the team where I didn't even have the grades to get in. Cause I was all of high school. I was like, I'm going to get a scholarship. Don't have to worry about grades. So played on my iPad all high school. Um, and it ended up costing me. So then I had to take my SAT, didn't pass to get into Clemson and had to take a year off. So it was basically like you take a year off, go to this tech school, or you go to one of these smaller schools to full ride, play football. And I just, man, I wanted to play football at Clemson. So I ended up taking a whole gap year of not doing anything. And that's when I got into CrossFit because I didn't have access to a gym over there. I just couldn't like go work out in their gym. And so I looked up CrossFit gyms 
and went and tried it one time and I said, this will get me at least in shape, man. And I grew and started loving it, dude. Started loving the intensity, started loving just competing. There was that competing aspect with members in class and, um, and it was awesome and I loved it from the jump. When you showed up on the football team, could you tell that your fitness, um, I'm assuming it was adequate relative to the other guys, but was there any, did you stand out there for what you could do in the gym and what you could do in training? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, this kind of started when, before, um, I jumped into CrossFit, I was more, I was a condition, pretty, uh, a dude in high school condition, man. I made sure I was the dude that was sticking, sticking behind after pra- practice. I made sure I was the first person winning our 120 yards. We, man, we did one twenties from goalpost to goalpost. We ran these things like 30 times with like 20 seconds of rest. Um, we did a bunch of track stuff. We did like you run 800, you rest 60, 600 twice runs, rest 60, 400, three times rest 60. So I mean, the whole conditioning part kind of transferred over. Um, so when this is, they're like, Hey, said the whole seven seconds thing, I mean, I was like doing this, the conditioning aspect of it for since middle school. Um, and so that part kind of transferred over. I was, like I said, I've always been, um, you know, a, a conditioned guy and the strength obviously transferred over after I did a year of CrossFit. Um, so yeah, for the most part, so now, there was some, now there's some, I couldn't go in there and bench like 315 or, you know, squat the, the house, but um i made sure i was hustling so you held your own there they weren't like hey this is the new guy he's 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 the slow man on the team he's the weak link you showed up and i I wasn't very fast i'm not a very fast guy um but i made sure i could i can go a longer period of time and you and you um that's important in a lot of areas of life you don't have to be the fast guy you just want to be able to put in the the time makes for a good man right um Tell me, um, you played uh, you played wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, so you got to be pretty fast. Well, not 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 <laughs> compared to these other guys. <laughs> not nearly. I was um, the the Jerry Rice of the team, and I had the the hands. I made sure I, I could run good routes. That's how I got to play football at Clemson. It was not the speed. It was not the, necessarily the the talent, if you will. Cause these guys were like five stars, man. Uh, I knew I was going to hustle. I knew I could, it was on the details, man. I knew I had to pay attention, watch film, run good routes and, and, and get it done in other parts of my game other than just being naturally just talented, jumping in, out the air and being six foot tall or six, six and running a four, four. When, when so, I hear you, what, what does that mean? Good routes. S- sorry, Brian. What does that mean? Good routes. Yeah. So. When you're a route runner, you got to be precise, man. Um, it's all about footwork. It's all about like how many steps, how many, like how fast and efficient can you get out of, out of a break? So if you watch someone at a high caliber, like in the, in college or NFL and you watch them break down and like, let's say, let's say they were running 10 yards and in the efficiency and like the technique to, to make that cut and separate themselves from the DB takes a lot of technique, takes a lot. Like I can, you can get people off with your eyes, your head, your arms, you can like get a little elbow. Um, and then there's the, the footwork aspects to it, man. There's, there's a whole bunch of stuff that you got to be dialed in on. When I, when I hear you say that there's one particular NFL receiver that comes to mind, cause I've heard him say something uh, similarly. Is it that's currently in the NFL? 
I'm curious if there's anyone in particular that you kind of look up to or try to model after for that efficiency in the details. Um, <clears throat> Wes Walker was really good at it. Um, Hunter Renfro played. I played ball at Cle- uh, Clemson with Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is 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 in the NFL now. Um, the guy, not really. Um, the guy I was thinking of is ahead. Michael Thomas because I've heard him talk about this before, and he's like. I don't care what physical attributes you think you have across the line. Oh, yeah. My precision, accuracy, and attention to detail is going to get me where I need right. to be before you. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I thought you were talking about some white dudes. Um, <laughs> so the, the white dudes, me, the, not the, I can't run a 4-3. <clears throat> but if you, if you can run a 4-3, 4-4, and then you can do all that stuff, man, I mean, you're, you're, you're a Hall of Famer, man. Um, but I, I felt like I, like I said, I was I was bigger, so I was slow off the line. So a DB doesn't necessarily didn't have to be as quick. Um, they just had to make sure that they could. I was probably bigger than most DBs, so they just made sure um, they were like just on my butt the whole time, where I was going to have to create separations through technique. Did they ever try you at, at any other positions speed. besides receiver? Um, no. I was going to play tight end. I got, so I wasn't 220 in, in, in college, man. Um, uh, I was about 205, but the weightlifting man got me like so big. We were just doing a bunch of curls, dude. I'm talking about like hammer curls. They call them Armageddon, man. You go from like 15s and you do 10 reps and you just go up all the line, man. Um, and we were cleaning, we were doing everything, man. And I just got super just massive, man. And they, I mean, the food, food was free. So it was like, you're eating this all the time. Um, and I mean, it was like gourmet meals. You play a, a Clemson. I mean, it's all free, man. Steaks, everything you want for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So I got super big to about 215, 220. Um, and I, that made me slower. Um, and so then I was like, well, maybe I could just start, keep doing this and go play tight end at 240. Um, and I was like, well, then I'm definitely going to be too small. You know, cause then I'm, you know, I've never blocked. I don't, I'm a pretty boy. Don't like blocking. Don't like getting hit hard. So, you know, don't, didn't like that. But I was like, if I, if it gets me to the NFL, it gets me to the NFL. But then at that point I was like, you know, I'm just going to quit and do, do something else. And so tell me about that. Tell me about the transition from, uh, football to CrossFit. When were you like, okay, I'm going to try CrossFit as a competition or, or are you even in that space now? Like mentally now yeah or when i quit but either both i'd love to know like so it was i kind of so when i did crossfit before football man i was i was kind of good at it i knew i had the potential people were like calling out calling that out of me and i was like man i'm going to play nfl man this is my my whole dream it's why i'm even here um and so when i got to football the thing i loved about football was i knew i was going to outwork pretty much everybody that i played with and i made sure of it because i carried a chip on my shoulder um not being the fastest guy out there i knew that you know i was gonna like i said run the routes every day after practice i was gonna make sure i'm putting in the extra hour make sure i'm the most conditioned you know the whole nine yards and then i that was the that was the just the best part of football for me and then i get the foot or college and then everybody's doing that already not only is everybody doing that but now it's like you're there at like 5 a.m. in the morning, and this is like the, your responsibility is to do all this stuff and more. Everyone has a so, chip on their shoulder. 
everybody has a chip <laughs> on their shoulder. Uh, but also there's, it's like you running the extra hour, you running like extra and like you running the routes is not necessarily extra work in, in a way. It's like what the whole team is doing as a workout. And so we're there from like 5 a.m. to like you're leaving at 9, 9 p.m. most days. And it's just a business, man. And it was, it was very, it like pulled out of me like the, the desire to like want to do extra because no white, nobody was really doing extra because we were there from all day long. Um, and it felt like a business. Um, it was just a bunch of, I didn't have any like outside time, you know, I didn't have time with my friends. I couldn't like, for me, the hard work, the, the thing I loved about the hard work was I got to choose the hard work. Um, like I got to choose if I wanted to watch film, like I got to choose me outworking people in a way. And then it was when I played football at Clemson, it was like, you were just doing this because it's your job. Like everybody's doing this. And so every, it just, it just kind of in a way pulled out the motivation of it for me. Um, because it was like all this is expected. Um, and I don't know, after a year, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't playing. I was in a, so that when you're a receiver, you play, there's a slot receiver and then there's outside receiver. The outside receivers are more of your bigger guys, but I was, like I said, I was a good route runner. And so the good route runners normally play the slot receiver. Um, and so I felt like I wasn't in the right spot, uh, but I was a walk on. So what are you going to do? You know, you just, you play where they put you. Um, and I knew that I wasn't going to be as a 220 guy, you know, six one, you, I wasn't going to play the slot ever. And so I knew that I was competing with these guys that you see on TV like the the six four guys who run four fours and they go straight down the field and catch like hail marys and man catch touchdowns and I just couldn't compete with them man um, and so I, I knew I wasn't I knew the chances were very slim of me actually <clears throat> getting the shot that I wanted at slot receiver to like I felt like I could play slot receiver um, but I just wasn't going to get that chance and so that in that year um, there was a lot of things and it just I didn't want to play at the end of it. Was it, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it for four more years. Was it heartbreaking? No. Um, I knew. Um, so I was. I wanted to do CrossFit the whole time. I would find little places to do CrossFit. And so when I, when I quit, I knew. When I when I was at football at Clemson, I knew. Hey, I'm either going to pursue the CrossFit games or I'm going to pursue Clemson football, and. If I pursue Clemson football and play the next five years of my life and then start CrossFit, I'm gonna be kind of late on the show to the to the games, man. Um, and so once I quit playing football at Clemson, it was like, all right, well, let's go do CrossFit, see what happens. Are you done with school? Um, so I dropped out of Clemson because I quit playing football. I want to be a pastor one day, actually. Um, I work I work at a church. I'm here now, um, and felt called into ministry about in high school and knew that once I got done with the NFL at the time, I was going to go be a pastor somewhere after that. But then all that obviously got interrupted. I stopped playing football. And then I was like, okay, now I'm going to go. I'm not going to be a pastor at the age of 21 years old because one, I'm not qualified for that. And two, that would be terrible. No one's going to come to the guy's church who's 21 years old. And then, so I ended up going to school online did some online stuff with with seminary and then um i paused that because i got married but the whole time i was training for crossfit here so what do you mean you had a call you felt the calling in high school what what's that what's that look like 
yeah. So, um, kind of like the same thing you'd feel if you were just, Hey, like I feel this deep call. I had to feel this deep passion to like give my life to this. Um, and for me, that was, um, I love the Lord. Um, and he saved my life, man. I was a total idiot in high school, man. And, um, not very kind. Um, I was a jock, treated girls terribly. Um, and it was just all about me and it was always has been. And I got to a really low place, got in trouble a couple of times in high school. And man, I was like, something's got to change. And so I ended up going to church and a bunch of people got, got me around and there were people that I've never met before and they were kind. They were treating me in a way that I've never been treated and ended up giving my life to the Lord. Um, ended up reading my Bible, ended up praying a lot more and, and doing these, these things, man. And my life started changing. My heart started changing towards people, towards myself. Um, started loving people in a, in a, a, just a completely different way. Um, my view on outlook or life change. It's not about like, I have my eyes set on like eternity. Like nothing is, nothing is necessarily, um, gonna last here. Um, like all this stuff is, is momentary. Um, and it's just not about me is the, the mindset that I kind of have, try to have. And obviously it's easy. It's harder said than done, obviously, but the Lord kind of changed my life. Um, and now it's just like, I just want to be like him. Um, and I want to tell people about the Lord. I want to tell people about the good news of, of Jesus and, and just give my life to that. And that, if that looks like being a pastor one day and preaching the, the Bible, then it does. Um, but yeah, that's what, that's the call that I felt in high school. Of, hey, I want to give my life to this. I want to work at a church. I want to tell people about, um, Jesus Christ because he's the, I feel like he's the, the treasure of life and he's the, the best thing and, and nothing on earth satisfies but him. And I feel like, um, we all need him and nothing as good as him. And I want to tell people about that. You sound like me. I, uh, I wanted to be like him too. Um, I'm not a religious guy and I don't believe in God, but at about, at, at, 23 or 24 or 25, I wanted to be like Jesus too. And it's interesting. You said something very, um, powerful to me. You said your life was all about you and you are at a low. And I want people to really hear that because it's really one of the great paradoxes in life. There's a Taoist saying that says, stop thinking and all your problems will go away. And basically thinking is tantamount to making everything about you. And when everything is about you, you will be a miserable human being. The irony there, the, the paradox is, is that you really have to make it all about you and constantly be working on yourself to not make it about you. And so good luck figuring that out, people. That's the journey of life. But, but you can't just think about other people. You'll turn into a pile of shit. And a friend of mine put it into a math equation for me one time. He said, work on yourself 90% of the time so that 10% when you're giving to other people, you're giving like the best version of you. But it's an interesting, um, it's interesting, and, th- and those of us who find a way to manage that to to really work on ourselves, and, and for you, it's 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 obviously you know uh, reading the Bible, praying, and I'm sure you have other you know benevolent activities you're involved in. But then yeah. it's not about you. You're you know you're doing right. it to spread t- t- to be to to do the best thing for the flock, right? And mm-hmm. and and, and sure. in essence, you're an amazing role model, amazing role model. And, and that in itself is enough because I do believe that we're all, we are, we are all role models. I, I, I made this post the other day. Everything we do is contagious. 
Do not think that something you're doing is not contagious because we're all watching you. We're all watching each other. It's all yeah. contagious. You light up a cigarette and no matter what, you're, you're telling me that smoking is okay. And we know that burning yeah. objects and inhaling into your lungs is not okay. All right. Um, so hold on, Savan, Savan. I'm just curious. Yes, yes. Because there's, you know, there are some other and have been, uh, prominent athletes in the CrossFit <coughs> space that are very vocal about their faith. It was that, you know, attractive to you in any way when pursuing CrossFit or were those two things totally separate mm. for you? They're not, they're not separate at all. They, I guess I, when I first got into CrossFit, I didn't really know anybody that was, I didn't really, I didn't really know anybody. Like, I didn't even know about the CrossFit games. I didn't know, it was, I didn't know if this was, could be like a, a lifetime that you could pursue until about, uh, about two years later, you know, so I found out, found out Rich Froning was a Christian. He was like the best at the sport and whatnot. And there was other guys. Ben Smith is a, is a, a believer. And at the time, those were the, you know, people that were winning. Didn't know Matt, about Matt Frazier until like, obviously years later, um, when I started actually watch, watching the movies and whatnot. So I wouldn't say it attracted me to the sport, but it, I definitely don't keep CrossFit and, the Lord separated. I, I, I worship pretty much everywhere I go and I try to try to carry him along. Um, and I try to, for me, the Lord is, I'm like, I, I can have a conversation with the Lord wherever I go. Um, I don't have to show up to church to, to experience the Lord. I don't have to have my Bible open to hear from him. Um, his spirit is in me. And so when I'm working out, when I'm, you know, with my wife, with, um, when I'm at church with, um, with friends, whatever, the whole nine yards, I can enjoy him and I can walk, walk with him. Uh, cause that's the, that's the invitation that he gives me is, Hey, my spirit isn't necessarily located in the church alone. It's everywhere and you can enjoy me wherever you go. And so I try my best to, to carry that same mindset and have that perspective in the gym as well. Um, because man, it's empowering to know that the Lord is with me and I'm, I'm able to enjoy him when I work out. It's fun. It's funny. You always hear like, if you want to win the games, I'm just making this shit up. But if you want to win the games, you got to, you know, train seven days a week. You have to work with Chris Henshaw and you might as well just throw Jesus in there too. Now. I mean, there's just so many like, Hey, no one ever, you need your creatine, you need your Jesus and you need some Chris Henshaw and you're there. You know, it's like, right. Yep. That's exactly right. So, so, did you know going into the semifinals this year was, was first let me go back a little bit was is that your is that your biggest test that we just saw you ever do in terms of the biggest spotlight the hardest competition the the most talent the best competitors was that yeah that was it and were you nervous yeah very nervous and why were you nervous uh <clears throat> The crowd, the eyes, the test it was going to put on you. The guys next to you? No, I forgot. <laughs> no, it, was, it wasn't necessarily the, the crowd, man. I've, I've been in crowds bigger than that. It wasn't necessarily being on TV. It wasn't necessarily into that. It was more of the, hey, I've, I know the work I've been putting in for the last two years. And I'm nervous if it was enough or not. Um, so living with that mindset of like, I'm putting it, I work out alone and, for the last two years, like there was that one local comp that I did at crash. But other than that, man, I don't know if, if this is enough. I don't know if, 
if what I'm doing is like, how's it parallel? You know, I see the highlights on Instagram with everybody else and everybody is posting PRs and everybody's winning comps and everybody has, you know, over a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. So that must mean that they're better and than insane and, and insane training partners. I thought that's very poignant that you said you work out alone and they all have insane training partners. Yeah. And they, they, uh, they have videos, they have, you know, these, you know, I would look at that and I'm, it's easy to get caught up in the hype, man. It's easy to say, okay, like, Hey, these people have all this, they have all this resources. They're have so many people following them. They must be fitter than me. And for me, it was like, I train and it would, it'd be easy to, to go in. It's like, I'm the, the training days and the comp days are completely different, completely different, man. Um, and for me, when you see these highlights from people, you're like, dude, these people are like machines because it's just their highlights. You know, it's like you don't ever see them hurting. And it's for me, I know that I hurt in the gym. I know that I, I, I struggle with things. Like I know that my weaknesses, I know. And then you compare those things and it's like, okay, well, they obviously don't have any weaknesses because they don't post it and they don't talk about it and we never see it. And so it's easy to, to start, you know, comparing and, and you, you get eight athletes or seven athletes. I've been all been to the games and you can get, if you're not careful, man, those things that creep into your mind of, Hey, well, I'm this no name guy. I, some, sometimes I believe in myself and sometimes I, you know, think I can win it. And then other times it's like, okay, well, cool down, Jason. Look at, look at who you're going against. You're going against people who have been there way more, many times than you have older guys, more mature guys in the sport, all these things. And it's easy just to get caught up in the, those lies, man. And, and so when I say nervous, it's, it was okay. Like I, I know I've put in the work. I know I've put in the work with my weaknesses and all the, the whole nine yards, man. I've know I've dialed in the details and taken care of all the things I control can control. I'm nervous about, is it, is it enough? Was sleeping eight hours? Is was that enough or did it need to be 10? You know, was drinking three water bottle of water is enough through the season and not five every day was, um, you know, Work, I work out two hour, two and a half hours a day. These people are working out eight hours. You know, they get three sessions a day. I get one. I'm over here squeezing in 90% of heavy front squats five minutes after a banger for 20 minutes. You know, it's just like those things are tough. Those things are tough on your body and, and people get to recover longer. And, and if you're not careful, like those things can make you insecure and those things add up. And then right before you go out on a comp floor, all that is like, the question is, is it, is it enough? You know, how was it enough? The last two years, was it enough? And, and, they, and they have all, they have, you're right. They're surrounded by other athletes who can give them, Hey, this is how you should recover. They're surrounded by nutritionists. They're surrounded by these teams that cater to, well, that have a shit ton of experience. And it almost sounds like you're just winging it, not necessarily just winging it. I mean, you have the internet to do research on, and obviously you've moved your whole life, but you're, you're, you're feeling around more in the dark than they are. They have some tried and proven methods right. and you're just, you're putting it together. Why do you train by yourself? Why didn't you, you know, go to one of these, um, one of these, why didn't you go to think tank or, you know what I mean? Why didn't you find a group? Um, why did you go to the Miko sailor out, put your rower in a closet and row? <laughs> well, one man, I moved up to Greenville. I live in Greenville and, it's the best place in the world. I got a bunch of friends up here, man. And so the idea of moving was out of the, out of the thought process. Um, there's some things that are close handed, close handed, the things that don't change. And that's moving away from my friends and family. And so there's a few gyms around here. Most of them, 
um, the one that crashed, the crash is about 30 minutes away. And so I can go there, but it'd be me driving 30 minutes a day, which is, I have done that and I do do that every now and then, maybe like once a week, but that is not the ideal situation. And so obviously in, in the gyms that I do go at the, I mean, I look at the gyms that are obviously not the most expensive. I'm on a budget. So it's like, you gotta, I gotta think about that. I gotta think about where they're at. I gotta think about, can I work out during class? <laughs> you know, is class going to kick me out or do I need to come in open gym? Like what's their open gym schedule? So it's like, I don't have all the resources like other guys have. And so the gym I have, I work out at CrossFit Simpsonville and that's about 15 minutes away. They let me work out whenever I want. There's great people there and I love it there. And sometimes I work out with the, some older folks who want to just hop in on the, the workouts. And sometimes I'm just me. They must be so proud of you when you came home. They must be just showering the love on you. Man, dude, I got the best support system, dude. It's unreal, man. We did a fundraiser uh, about two weeks before I went out, man, and that we raised like $2,000 for me to go out, man. And, dude, it's awesome, dude. Before we get into the competition and and, and just what how the world's perceiving you and how you perceive your performance, I want to go back to one more thing. You said that um, – going back to your your transformation sort of in high school about how you learned to and, and correct me if I'm wrong basically you you just learned to to love people more instead of being a dick yeah essentially what about um receiving love did you learn how to receive love too did it, did it go both ways or is that a different is that a different cat to skin is that a different beast no it is um so the the idea of receiving love actually actually takes humility um and because when you when you are off to it the thing that you're saying is i don't need it and it's essentially that's pride um and so receiving love is hard and receiving money like two grand man there's something in you in you naturally that is like okay i don't need this because you're saying i don't need the help i hate putting that and then also it's like i don't want to put that burden on people um, and that's a lie too. And so for me, it was, Hey, I don't like necessarily receiving from people. I don't like being a burden to people. I like, you know, no one does, but at the same time, like there's, there's something humble about, Hey, open up your hands and receiving a gift because people want to give it to you. Um, and so that's kind of, and, and you, when you receive love, you, you're the, the, the really cool thing about it is you think you're getting something, but the other person's really getting something too because you're allowing them to practice, in your words, the right. Lord's work yeah, too. And so you have to, you can, you're, yeah, it's it's awesome because you're opening up yourself to letting other people feel what it's like to give. But it, but that yeah, is a really exactly. really tough one. That's a tough one for me too. Like it's it's when you first find find love, you're like, okay, I'm going to share this with the world. But you really have to let people love you too. You have to let the universe love you back. Right. And, and that's, that's a huge part of right. it. So, so you, sh- you show up there. Are are you happy with your performance? <clears throat> sort of. Um, I don't like my eighth place finish. Oh, <laughs> it was the only word. It was, we the should only- put it in, we should put it in context what? for seven. It was, a. Uh, it was a, this workout was, Please. it was a three minute, it was a three minute workout basically. It was a variation on grace where they do three clean and jerks, three burpees over the bar, 
He finished eighth, but he was only 16 seconds away from first. So it was a very tight race, really close finish, obviously short time domain. So that's what he's talking. Thank you, Brian. Good, good stuff. Yeah. So I, yeah, like it's like 10 rounds, three, 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 very fast, man. It was the only workout. So when I, when I came into the comp, me and my coach were just talking, man. And the, the whole, the whole strategy for the whole comp was run your race. Don't worry about a single soul. Don't let the rest take care of itself. We were basically confident that my fitness level was better than the rest of the guys. We were going to bank on, Hey, at the end of the day, the fitness level is, is there. And whether it was or not, that's what the, we were going to be confident about going into the comp. So I didn't need to worry about how Justin Medeiros came out on the ski. If he was going 45 unbroken on the chest of bar, if you know, on every single workout, it was going to be, Hey, Jason Hopper, you focus on you. And at the end of the, at the end of the comp, at the end of the um, event, we'll see the, what, who fit, what the fitness level was at the end, but just make sure that you finish and, you are dead when you're done. Uh, make sure you empty the tank. And so, uh, that was the mindset and run your own race. We believe that, you know, the whole idea was your pace is the best pace. So you don't have to pace off anybody else. Your pace is the best. Like you're the best one here, you know, have that ma- mindset. And obviously, like I said, the, the insecurities are also on that same token of like, okay, well, what if my pace isn't actually the best pace? You know, <laughs> like these guys that are super good. Like Scott Panchik is, is, you know, 11 times gained athlete. Like there's no way my, my pace is going to be the best, you know? Uh, but that's the confidence that I, I had to have in order to succeed. It was like, okay, like even if that voice in my, in the left side of my, in my head was loud, the confidence side had to be much louder. Um, and so going in, it was like, your pace is the best. Like you're a dog, like you're a games. Do I look myself in the mirror, like 14 days in a row leading up to this competition? I look myself in the, in the eyes in the mirror and said to myself a hundred times a day, you are a games athlete. You're a games athlete. You're a games athlete. You're a games athlete. I look, I, I wouldn't leave until I was convinced of that, man. Um, and, I had to have that mindset. I had to make sure that before we, before I step on the floor with Scott Panchik, who I watched on movies and Jess Medeiros on movies, man. Um, and on documentaries, man, I had to make sure I was okay and, and ready to compete. And before going out there, I had that mindset on every single one except Gretel. And that was the one I came in eighth one. That was the only mind. That was the only one I didn't simply because it was a three minute just race. I knew all the other workouts were longer time domains. I could think while I'm working out, you know, I can have that same motivation, run your race, run your race. This one was a three minute moment, man. It was, uh, I was, I remember being in first place. I just came in second, just came in first. I'm sitting at first. Um, and this is a Saturday morning, you know, and I'm like, this is going to be gnarly. Like this is no time to think this is sprint, 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 but it's also burpees and I'm 220 and I'm six one and this is a light barbell. So it's not like I could just, you know, coast through this and trust that my fitness is the, the best. And so we end up, it was the most amped I have been the whole comp. It was like, I can't even think straight. Like I'm pacing back and forth in the back. Like there's, dude, this is about to be like so intense. Like I'm about to throw up. Um, that's all good stuff, by the way. That all sounds I'm, like cha- champion mentality. I'm serious. <laughs> I mean, that's what, that's what you hear from these, these yeah. guys. Um, and so I, I end up going out there, man, and it was a mistake. It was a rookie mistake. I got lost in the moment. 
I couldn't even think. I ended up losing track on what round I was on. And you say you do six rounds of three, three, three before you move the bar forward. And I ended up forgetting what round I was on. It was like a moment, man. It was like 90 seconds in. And I'm like, dude, I got to be on like round five or six right now. And I ended up thinking I was on round six and I was in, I was in first for the first like five rounds (laughs) and I completely forgot what round I was on. I was just going, man. And I am stepping over the bar. Cause the, you, you face even, you face, I think the rig and then odd, you face the, the fans and I doing burpees. I was like, okay, I guess I think I'm on round six and I end up jumping up ready to move the bar forward or like ready to do my last round. And I'm like, oh crap, I need to be facing the other way. And so I ended up stepping over the bar and the lady was like, you need to step back over the bar, step back over the bar. You're on this side. And then I stepped back over the bar and I tripped. I don't know if anybody saw it. I tripped. And I ended up falling over on the ground in the middle of this competition. Man, I look like an idiot, dude. It, it cost me like seven seconds, dude. And then from there, I'm like, oh, my goodness. Like, I'm completely, my mind is like, what is going on right now? And ended up like, it ended up costing me. I ended up, it could have been way worse than eighth, man. I ended up catching up. Still got beat. Um, But then my bar was like outside. Like, it was like sideways. And... Like four more rounds later, my bar, if I like did burpees, I was going to be burping into like the other person's like square. So I had to like make sure my bar was like in mine. And it was, it was crazy. I was like dropping bar, my bar from like overhead. Like I was doing my clean on the last third, you go touch and go. And the third one, I was dropping that thing and that thing was bouncing. Everybody else was like patting their down. I was like, Oh, I should have done that. So there was a bunch of things I got caught in the moment. Um, but man, it was, it could have been way worse, dude, but. I was glad I got through that, but it was the only one that I felt like I had to be the hero on because I was, it was just a, my weakness one. It was, Hey, this is going to be fast. It's going to be a small man workout. Like you got to go fast. You got to do something that's out of your comfort zone. So I was doing like early clean into a press. Like I wasn't, it was just chaos, man. Cause I didn't trust myself. I didn't trust, I didn't trust that the work I put in was, so was you, you want to know who won that workout? So- Travis. Travis Mayer? Yeah, my boy. He gave it to you, Jason. That's right. That's yeah. right. He did. That's He's right. That about That's what seconds. you get. That's the first time we've mentioned his name on the podcast. I'm disgusted that you keep saying J- Justin Medeiros and Scott Panchik. <laughs> I thought, I th- yeah, I met Travis. Um, He's a cool man. He is. Cool He's dude. a great guy. Uh, So, fascinating Really cool, to, great, great, great insight into how into how you approach it. I think people will really appreciate that. So you, so you, you finish, and you win, and of course your size is a huge, a huge thought to to the fans. I think even people who watch CrossFit who aren't diehard fans are like, hey, this is a little weird. We have an average height of like what is it five nan five nine hundred and eighty five pounds. I think I learned from Brian is the average size of a yeah. CrossFit male athlete. Clearly clearly I haven't and told it to you five times yet. Because I didn't get five, it right. 10, 195. <laughs> five ten one ninety five. Five ten one ninety five. I want them to be smaller. Yeah. And so so you finish and you realize you won and and, and what is that? How does that change your mindset? I mean, because really, I, I, and we talked about this before you came on the air. And I mean, this is no disrespect. It's even hard for me to say this, even though it's not really that big of a deal. Scott Panchik is sort of the gatekeeper. If you can't beat Scott, 
you have no chance of winning the CrossFit Games. I mean, he is just fucking, he's a feature. He's, he's a feature in the games, right? Like we said, he's been to so many games. He's so damn good. And like, he's always threatening the podium. So you beat him, you beat Travis, and then you beat the, the, you know, let's, the, this, you know, let's just say what it is. Uh, Matt, Matt Fraser's pick to be the next Matt Fraser, Justin Medeiros, the podium po- poster boy. Um, what are you thinking after that? What's your, when you're driving home from the comp, what, what are you thinking? Um, I'm thinking we did it. Um, like I said, man, it's, I've, when you I've say we, you mean this. you and Jesus I'm, and your coach, <laughs> <laughs> me and my coach, my wife, all the, the support team, <clears throat> we saw this, uh, we knew it was possible and it takes a village, man. It wasn't a one man show. I know I was the only one out there. But it, it, it really did. My wife cooks for me, and she makes sure all my meals are, are ready to go every single day. She makes sure it's, it's clean. She makes sure it's, it's, it's you know, good protein. I make sure I'm eating enough. And all the, the whole nine yards, my programmer, Jared Shaw, is, is on point. We're making sure we're dialing it in and, and hitting the, the things that we need to be hitting. And then the, the friends, man, my best friends believe in me, man. And so on one hand, I, I really did think I, I was going to win and I'm not bullcrapping you. I, I wrote down in my journal that I, I think I can win this whole entire thing as a no name guy. I'm, I was seated like eighth after the quarterfinals, <clears throat> but I knew that when the, when the spotlight was on, I've been in spotlights. I'd been in the comp, the crucible, and I knew my training was completely different than than when it's on game day. And, um, man, I just, I trusted, I trusted that I put in the work. I trusted that I also trusted that I wanted it more than anybody else. And I carried that hunger. I carried that motivation. I carried that, that truth. Um, I didn't think I didn't though. Everybody else had a bunch of resources, way more resources than I, I was convinced during that whole comp that I wanted it more than anybody. Um, and so when it happened, when I was on the way home, it wasn't necessarily a surprise for me. It was more like, this is what I wanted. This is what I expected to happen. Um, this is what I envisioned. It was cool to like, see like all the things that I kind of, like I had dreamed about in a way to like, you know, come to reality of like all like the hype and like, okay, now I'm, I'm a known person in the CrossFit world. Now people are like reaching out. People are like, you know, all the, the whole nine yards, those are cool. And that's the stuff I wanted. Um, but it wasn't necessarily, I wanted to win first and foremost, more than anything else. And that's what we went to do. And when it happened, yes, it was, it was, I expected it. Um, but it was, it was like, there was parts of me that was like, oh, wow, I actually really did it. Holy crap. You know? Um, but most of me was like, I, I wanted it and I knew I could, um, simply because of the training that I, I have put in. Um, and so, yeah, man, it was, it was, a, I think anything, it was more of a sign of relief of, okay, uh, we did it. And there's no more, I don't have to be insecure anymore about the highlights that I see that I don't have to compare anymore. I know that, um, I can compete with these guys. I know I'm, I can compete with Justin Medeiros and Travis Mayer. You know, I can compete with these guys that all I see is their highlights. I don't have to wonder anymore. It's like, I know, you know, I know that 
I'm, 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 I, I could play with, I could play around with these big dogs. And so it was more of a sign of relief of, okay, like it wasn't just a theory in my head of me convincing myself. It wasn't, Hey, I have to convince myself that I'm a games athlete and like hype myself up. It's okay. Like I saw this, I went and did it and we went and did it and, and it's true. And so it's a sign of relief, but it's also something that for the last two years of my life, man, I, I had been visioning, like visioning every day. Will when you I change your, will you change your mantra? Can you let your guard down by mantra? I mean, you said you were looking in the mirror and telling yourself you're a games athlete going into the games. Will you have a different, will you start saying, Hey, I, I I'm, I'm going to win this. I'm going to win this. Will you change your, or will you stick with your current, your current mental programming? Um, will you, will you tinker with it? Yeah. No, I, th- I think I think things will change. It will evolve. It won't be like, hey, I'm a games athlete. It won't be, hey, I can stick around with these guys. It's, hey, I'm the I'm the fittest mm. man on earth. I love you know, it. I'm the fittest man on earth. Uh, Seven, can we ask him Brian, about a couple you, other events? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, Brian, I want you to bring up um, what we were talking about, about Dave Castro and, and Jason after you asked him about a couple events. Was uh, Were you able to enjoy the Snatch event? Or were you like nervous during that because it was the first one and there's so much pressure to hit that lift because you only get three? I mean, that's that moment for a fan like, you know, like us to watch seven guys snatching 300 pounds is in one of competition is yeah. super rare. Had you hit 300 before? Were you like, what was that like for you? Yeah. <clears throat> Dude, it was so surreal, man. I had not, I didn't, I wasn't even planning on hit 300. I was, so like I said, my game, like the training that happens in, like by myself is completely different than, you know, on game day, man, because I grew up playing sports. And so when you practice, it's like you go hard, but when the lights are on, when the cameras are on for the, for my entire life, like I, I thrived in, in competition settings. I thrived when, you know, I was with the fans. I thrived on Friday night and, and on Saturday and, you know, when it really counted. And so, when, like I said, I get super, I, I compare a lot of people and I see highlights and, and then I see my training. And when I, when you see like someone hit a PR and, and Scott Pancheck throwing up 290, like all regularly snatching. And you're like, dude, I, I might hit 290 once every year, you know, like I'm, I'm good with 265. Like I think that's a good training day, hit 265. Um, and so, uh, going to that event, I had hit 275. Um, I, I PR'd at 295. One How time. long ago was that? That was the most I've ever done. Before that was okay. probably in April. Um, but I did it. I, I, I lift a lot under heart, my heart rate. I lift when it's high. Um, I lift, I try to lift and obviously when you're smoked. Um, and so I had never, rarely do I lift a heavy barbell like, thinking and i think a lot when i lift that's probably why i don't ever hit a heavy mount because i'm just thinking about like the technique aspect of it instead of just i can barely breathe just rip this crap off the ground and hit it um that's where my prs normally come from and so the whole idea of like okay now it's just like heart rate's not high we're just going to be out there and just one snatch that intimidated me man and like the the intimidation of that but also knowing that wow 255 this earlier this week was tough it was tough 
and I built up to 255. I waited around for 15 minutes because I knew I was going to get corralled for 15 minutes. And then I was like, okay, let's see what happens when I open up with 265 and I ended up missing it. Um, and I said, oh my goodness, this is not going to be good. So people were asking me what I was going to hit and I was like, I'm going. 255 to 65 to 75 and i'm okay with taking 12th place i'm okay with taking 12th place in this event and then i knew but also knew that man like you playing sports all your life you're gonna have adrenaline so it's like dude i'm a gamer and i felt like i was a gamer so i had also had that confidence but also knowing that okay like 255 was heavy and so like I said, everything's on the same token with me, man. It's like one, there's two voices in my head. And so we were warming up and, and warm ups, man. And I hit 265 and it felt great. And I said, I'm starting out at 265. See where, see what happens. Wait around for 15 minutes. Um, put 265 on there and I didn't really worry. I didn't want to worry about anybody else. Um, the whole, the biggest event or the whole entire competition was for me was Friday night. I didn't really care about the, or I cared, but I didn't really like worry about the snatch. I knew everybody could probably snatch 275 and that was like the, the normal these days. And so I, I wanted a top 10. The goal was to get top 10 in every single event. Um, and I knew that, man, if I could just squ- maybe squeeze in 285, it was going to give me like an eighth place finish possibly. And then we'll go from there. Uh, so you missed your opening lift of two, 265. Uh, no, I, oh, okay. I I missed it in warm ups. Yep. So I missed it. In, missed it in warm ups, and I said, "Okay, I'll start out with two sixty five. And man, in the moment, dude, it was it felt like two oh five. You know. Um. So you hit it, and you're like, "That's what that's what I'm talking about. That's like the adrenaline. I need that. So I'm like putting two two. I put two seventy five on. No, I put two eighty five. I went from two sixty five to eighty five. Then I hit that, and then you're like okay, that was actually easy, you know, and it was easy. Things were just popping you, stable elbows, like not walking around, not, it was clean. And then I'm like, all right, 295, but it's like, man, whatever, dude, let's just go for it, man. If you're going to win this, if you want to be the best, man, you got to make some risky moves and, and act like the best. And so put 300 on um, and, and hit it, man. And it was electrifying. I was Happy to everybody else. You were one of the first. You were you were one of the first lifters in your heat, weren't you? Like the third guy, maybe. Yeah, third guy. I was the. And so you hit three hundred. And then after that, I mean, you're obviously feeling great. But were you watching the rest of the guys? Because I mean, you're done with the event at that point. Yeah, I was watching the guys. Um, I. I tried not to keep a eye on them. I knew they start. They most. I'm, of those no, I'm only asking about in the last round after you hit 300. Now things. you're done. Like you've hit 300, and like five guys hit it right after you. Was that fun? Oh yeah, I, I, I yeah. Oh yeah, it was fun, man. I was excited for him because I knew we were all going to get second place. 96 points, man. It was like sweet. Like I got my 96 points. You got your 96 points. You didn't separate from me. I didn't separate from you. It's almost a wash, really. Damn. So it's like sweet. Damn. So you said a PR oh, yeah, out man. there. It was awesome. I did a PR. God. Are, are your parents just insanely proud of you? They are. That, isn't, yeah, that, they are. isn't that the best feeling, making your parents proud? My, my, yeah, man. They, so, you know, man, now, yeah. that we've, now that we've talked to you, I'm not as surprised awesome. about this. But when, you know, coming into the competition, I saw that Inception workout, all that running. 
bunch of ring muscle-ups. You're a big guy. Did you know going like before the comp that that would be a good workout for you? Yeah, so that was actually the 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 favorite of the week. Um, not because um, I feel like I'm elite at ring muscle ups or running. Uh, the thing I knew was that 30 pound wall ball was going to be pretty pretty heavy um, for some other folks. And the whole workout, from we had the mindset of the whole workout is going to be where the most time is spent. And for us, everybody else, the or everybody, the whole time was spent on the on the on the runner. Um, I don't need to turn that line on. Um, on the runner, and you got you got on that runner directly after a lot of wall balls with thirty pounds, and so I knew for me, um, I've been gifted with the talent of being two twenty. So the thirty pound wall ball isn't mm. as hard as for some other folks, um, and so I knew that their legs were going to be probably feeling a little bit different after that than they were for mine because I've. Everybody can do ring muscle ups nowadays, man. It's like the sport is evolving. If you can't do nine, I mean, you're not going to necessarily be the fittest man on earth. Um, and so we, me and Jared have been, you know, hammering weaknesses. So the, we, when we do a session, we're doing Ooh. over 80 ring muscle ups a session. Uh, and so the idea of doing like 50 in this event or so is, is not intimidating for us anymore. And so we get on there. And, uh, it's the first, the, the first round is 18 ring muscle up. You run 900 meters. Um, and then 18 ring muscle ups. I, I went 12 and six. Um, and you do 36 wall balls. Everybody broke up the 18. I think Justin Medeiros is the only one that went unbroken on the ring muscle ups. And I knew everybody was probably going to break, but everybody had to deal with that 36 wall balls at 30 pounds. And whether you beat me there by 10 reps, whether you, whether we get there at the same time, I knew everybody was going to be feeling it after that wall ball. And the whole workout wasn't on round one. The whole workout was the two rounds after that, that were you doing nine ring muscle ups into 18 and then running, um, four, four fifty meters. Um, and so I knew, man, the, the running was going to catch up, but people were going to hate those wall balls. And so that's the mindset we had was, Hey, we're going to, we're going to do our, we're going to go unbroken on these ring muscle ups. We're going to, and, but we're going to also, we're going to put in the work on that treadmill after the ring, the, the wall balls, because we have the mindset of, Hey, everybody else is going to be hurting on the, on that run after the wall balls, but this is where we're going to get our money at. Um, and so that's the, so, so Brian, the I got a question for you. Yeah. So when I, when I, a- after the event, um, one of the guys we work with on the podcast, he's 6'1", 215. He's 23 years old. He's a great, he's a great CrossFitter. He said to me, Oh God, Oh God, I hope, I hope he doesn't pop. And I go, why do you say that? What, what, what? And he goes, it's just because it, it will give me, it will give me hope. It will give me hope that like someone like me could actually be good at CrossFit, like even better. Right. I mean, he's nowhere near as good as you. Let's say he's half as good as you, Jason, but he's still a great CrossFitter. And he, and, if Jason, Jason, did they drug test you after the event? Okay, let's so let's just assume he's not yep. going to pop. Are you going to pop? Okay, let's. So he doesn't pop. No. Does he change the landscape and the perception of the sport? Uh, potentially, there's. You know, I feel like in the last couple of years, there's been. I mean, is he that big? Is he that big? I mean, he really is a giant dude, right? I mean, six one two twenty. I mean, 
there's guys who probably talk get into their head. He's talking about other athletes getting into their head. I bet you a lot of other athletes out there who are six one two twenty are like, well, I can be really good at this, but I can never. And whether they believe it or not, they hear it in their head. Do you know what I'm trying to get at here? Like, does he change the? I like I like it that there's a big guy who's come out and done really well at a semifinal this year. We've seen the, I think the last two years a trend towards a smaller athlete at the top of the sport, which you know I think in any sport you're going to have some ebbs and flows like that. So. But there's, you know, there's other guys like uh, Fikowski and Vellner are pretty big dudes that have done really well, um, but they haven't done that well the last couple of years. So we'll see. Maybe this is uh, trending back towards, not even, not even towards a bigger guy. They're just going to offset some of the smaller guys, and we might end up more close to that kind of norm and mean that we're used to seeing that five ten one ninety five as the middle, and then there's a couple guys on, you know, a little bit on either side. Do you think that? Th- so, so do you want to tell the story about what, what you, what you observed about Dave's Instagram? And then I'll throw in my two cents and we'll see, see where this goes. Yeah. So uh, J- Jason, I don't know if you saw it, but Dave put a little post up and he said, uh, <clears throat> this, this kid is very impressive. And he was t- we're talking about you. And, um, as far as I know, he has, he doesn't do that very often. There's some, a lot of stories about 2010 when he first saw Rich Froning compete at a sectional and then he came back to HQ and he told guys like Savan, he said, Hey man, there's this kid out in Tennessee, Rich Froning. He's very good. Watch out for him at the games this summer. Fast forward like five years, he sees Fraser compete live for the first time, and he does the same thing. But I'm pretty sure that you're the third guy that he's done that for. Like I don't think he, you know, I don't, I don't know of anyone else that he's like came back and said this kid's impressive like he has with Rich and Matt and now with you. Exactly, and th- those are the only. You're the only. He doesn't. He doesn't give compliments uh, easily, or he doesn't give recognition easily. And he did. I re- do remember that story is accurate. What Brian said, 2010, he came back to HQ and he's like, "Holy shit! I'm. I, I've seen the the next guy. This guy. He said, Savon, he's fucking amazing." In the way Dave says it, he's not that flattering. And then, and then, and then, obviously, he was crazy impressed with Matt Fraser. And then he he I talked with him after the semifinals briefly, and he said, "Wow." He said that dude's impressive. He said he's the real deal. Or does do you like hearing that, or does that put too much pressure on you? Or I mean, I have to assume the pressure on Justin Medeiros is massive now that he's doing um, Fraser's podium. Uh, stuff and that you know Matt has alluded to the fact that he he thinks Justin might be the next guy and then all of a sudden now you come out there and you win I mean on one hand it must feel good but on another hand it must be insane pressure or do you thrive under pressure um <clears throat> well I like to think I do but you know <laughs> um it it's not necessarily pressure I mean it's, it's it confirms a lot of things uh, it confirms those those moments in the gym where you know you want to be the best and you know you're doubting yourself and it's just like but I've I've I know the hard work that I've I put in over the last two years four years man I've 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 known even it it goes back to the days where I was running gassers even though I didn't know I was going to transfer over to CrossFit man those days man I started CrossFit and I I like to think I started CrossFit when I was you know in middle school running you know conditioning and in the summertime that's that stuff kind of transferred over man and so i created that foundation but when when i started training heavily man and actually started like focusing and about two years ago this is what i wanted and this is what i didn't have a lot of people like now you know telling me that i was the man and and the really impressive like dave said and you know all that stuff but 
a lot of that stuff just confirms the hard work more than anything. It's like, okay, what you're doing is the right, like it's, it's what you're doing. You keep doing like what you just, what, what just happened. You're going to get the opportunity to do again. People, people, what people saw wasn't a fluke. So keep doing the things, but dial, keep going, you know, um, there is a pressure of it too. Like what if, what if, like, like I said, if you don't know anything about me by now, it's not, <laughs> there's a war going on. <laughs> a war. Now I'm talking about a freaking battle, man. Um, and one, on one hand, man, I, there's that voice of like, dude, you are unstoppable. And then there's the other head, man. And it's like, dude, you suck. Like there ain't no way you're ready for this. Um, and so of course that insecurity of, Hey dude, like, what if you just like come in 40th in the games? Like, <laughs> like what, what, what happens then? Like, what are you a fluke man? Like do what happens if like those that happens, you know? Um, but on the other hand, it's, it's, it doesn't add pressure, man. Cause I know my training and I know that nothing's going to change. I know that in the moment, um, I'm going to trust that. Nobody can beat me, um, and I'm going to trust that in those moments the my tri- my fitness, and I'm going to trust the fitness will pay off. And so, it's not a fluke, is what I'm trying to keep telling myself, um, because that that voice, man, keeps lying to me. It's like, hey, that's a fluke. You only, dude, the only reason you won is because, dude, those are wheelhouse workouts. You got six of them. You know, it was only because there was a hundred pound dumbbell. It was only because there was only four strict handstand pushups. It was only because there was ring muscle ups and no other weaknesses in that workout. It was only because, you know, blah, 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 you know, all this stuff, man. It's, e- it's easy to be like, Oh yeah, you're right. I suck still, <laughs> you know? Um, but man, it's, there's pressure to it, but there is also not pressure of, Hey, like I enjoy this sport and I'm going to give my best. And I know I'm a competitive guy, probably one of the most competitive people in the world. And I'm gonna trust that, and I'm gonna trust that when it matters, I'm gonna. Brian, do you think it's to, a fluke? To win, I don't. Um, I you know, <laughs> no, no. I, can there I, be a fluke? I mean, can there be a fluke in CrossFit? I mean, I don't it's wanna, so hard well, work. I don't, There's I, so many details to manage. I don't want to call it call it a fluke, dude. That, let me, dude, let me t- let me, dude. I had so many. Let me let me tell you. Let me tell you how insecure I can get, dude. I. <clears throat> I take JR, dextrose. JR told me about sugar. This. What is you know it? Know what dextrose is? <laughs> is yes, it a lax? Yes. Is it a laxative? What is it? Told you about this. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even know, man, dude. I, I love can't it. Tell you, I can't. No one's gonna he make actually, it this far in the podcast asked, anyway. He, this is this is where you spill your this is where you spill your beans. He asked me to ask you about this, and I was like, I don't know if I'm gonna ask him about this. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he so he wanted ask, me to ask, ask you two questions. One, he wanted to know. What your record in legless rope climb workouts is against him? (laughs) The one thing he probably ever beat you at five years ago. The second thing was what? What (laughs) about a month before the competition? What did he decide with with regards to dextrose and beta alanine? (laughs) Okay, so I. I get super, super like paranoid over, you know, what's in my food. You know, you know, I, I refuse to be the dude that gets banned. You know, I've heard stories that of people like not knowing what's in their stuff. I don't know if they're lying or not. And I'm like, dude, like, could you imagine like getting on that stage and then 
not knowing and then getting busted. So it's like, dude, like I refuse to do that. Um, and so I only took for the last, up until two months ago, I only took, I, a scent protein. I drink a scent protein and that's my only supplement. And, and rarely do I drink that because I'm not disciplined. I don't, don't discipline myself enough to actually make this shake, man. Um, and so it's just like, normally I just eat a lot and, and I have a, I'm actually not very good at nutrition, to be honest with y'all. I eat a lot. You're of breaking donuts, my heart. You're breaking man. my heart. Um, a little bit. Seriously? Here we are. That's why I broke my heart. That's, that's the only way you can break my heart is if you're my friend. <laughs> Strangers don't break my heart. <laughs> tell me, tell me. Just because I just, I, I, I I'm the, I'm the big no sugar, no, I, I, it's, it's the whole, it's the whole COVID response thing. I, I, I don't think that anyone unhealth, my whole thing, my shtick on Instagram is, hey, stop eating added sugar and stop eating refined carbohydrates. And there's no way SARS-CoV-2 can affect you. You'll never die from it. Not a single healthy person has died. But I give you a pass. You're 23 years old. No one who's 23 years old and who's not obese dies either. So I give you a pass. But now I'm going to have to listen. People are going to be like, oh, I heard that guy, Jason Hot. It's like when Matt said he ate a Snicker bars. And everyone's like, oh, Matt eats a Snicker bars and drinks Cokes. And, then, and, and now people are going to be like, oh, you fucking idiot. You're saying you know more about nutrition than Jason Hopper. He fucked up the games and he eats all the donuts he wants. Eat a dick. So I'm going to have to hear all that shit. All that crap. But go on, go on. So, so you had a donut. You have a donut once in a while. Let's pass by that part. So your nutrition. Dextrose, dextrose. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I, I just didn't Googled know that it. was. Um, and yeah. Yeah, it's just like sugar. And um, and then beta alanine. Beta alanine I, can I, right. I can't say it. Say it again. Yes. Alanine. Um, so when Matt Fraser said that, that was like his third lung. I was like, bro, what? And what is that? That's got to be the jam, you know? Um, and saying something's a third lung is, is pretty much saying like, this is, this is the, sh- the shit, you know? Um, so I'm like looking up what this is. And there's a, there's some people at my gym that have some apparently. And, um, I'm like trying it and I'm like, dude, I get, I start getting tingles in my body. I don't know if y'all have ever taken it, but it's like you get tingles and I'm like, uh, like I'm breaking out. Like something's not happening. Something's good is not happening. Well, it's like a normal thing. That's a normal side effect. Um, and so then I take JR is like a couple weeks before that. I'm like smoked in a workout at crash, man. And I have to do another workout in like 10 minutes before I have to get back to work. So I can't rest that long. <laughs> um, and so he's like, dude, take it, take this, like you need to drink this during your workout, after your workout. I'm like, bro, what is dextrose? And is this legal? We knew he was supplementing. We finally got to it at a minute and an hour and 11 minutes. (laughs) He says, is this, I'm like, is this dude, I swear if I get caught, like, I swear if this has stuff in it, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hate you. Um, and he's like, bro, it's dextrose. It says an informed sport right there. Like it's, it's okay. It's just freaking sugar. And so I'm like taking this stuff and it's like, it's good for you when it, like during your workouts, like carbs, it's like eating a mango or something. Um, and then this beta, beta alanine, this is the one I'm, I get so paranoid over. I'm like, dude, this rant, like I have to see informed sport on 
like the whatever I'm taking. Like if I don't see that, then I'm like, no way. Like no way. I'm not even getting caught up in that thing. Um, and so I get super paranoid. I'm like, dude, like what if like beta alanine or uh, what, I know, what I, am I saying this right? Beta alanine, alanine. Um, whatever. You're going to be able to call it whatever you want. BA. Uh, <laughs> um, so Matt Fraser, thank you. I actually don't really take it often. Um, I've taken it like once or twice, man. And I don't like this. I don't like the tingling, but also I did well in a, this event without one without taking it. So I was like, I don't really need this anymore. Anyways, I get super paranoid because it's like, dude, where, what is this stuff? Like, is, is this going to show up on a drug test or whatever, man? It's like, dude, no, dude, it's everybody takes this and nothing is in it. So I've like reached out to like the company that I use this from and I've text, I've messaged them on Instagram a like a million times and i'm like dude (laughs) swear swear like i know it says this this banned substance tested on the bottle i know like the first time you said all the the facilities facilities that this was manufactured in but are you are you sure are you sure that hey dude especially now I, i did it after because dude everybody's like he's on steroids he's on steroids he's on steroids and i'm like Am I on steroids? <laughs> yeah, it's like, like the drug checkpoint at the border. They're like, like the, the cops all of a sudden have got you. The border agents are like, like, you start wondering, shit, do I have drugs in my car? I, I totally know that feeling. You're like tripping at the border. You're like, holy shit, how do they know that I'm, I'm yeah. a fucking, I'm a mule and I don't know. Like, what, what is going on here? It's crazy. <laughs> Dude, I need to figure out, I need to go to counseling to get my head right, man. Um, but dude, I get paranoid, dude. So I think it's funny that everybody's like, he's popping or I can't wait to him test negative. Cause if there is anybody, this is funny. If there's anybody on this world that is ready to see if he tests negative, it is me. Like I'm excited to test negative because it's like, dude, I'm not a cheater, man. And I hope y'all, y'all can, you know, you feel that through this last hour of I'm not going to cheat, man. And, I, I hate cheaters, to be honest with you. Like, I, I can't stand cheaters, man. Um, but there is that, like, okay, like, is, I'm going to make sure that I'm taking the right stuff. Um, and I'll, I'll, like I said, I'll quit. I, I threw that bottle away of the bed Adeline because I'm like, dude, I don't need this. I'm tired of like being paranoid over this crap. I threw it away at the comp and it's clean, man. It's like, I know for a fact that it's, it's got nothing in it, man. I've reached out. He said, they sent me all the stuff that this was manufactured in. It's like, Dude, they got my. Dude, How was the dextrose? How was that? So, head, I mean, but, it's basically you just drank yeah. pure sugar. Did you get so that gave you enough instant carbs? So you said you were dead before. I mean, I don't want to promote that shit. I don't even know why I'm asking this. But did it? Did it? Did it help? You're, you're training. You take some of that, and and you're ready to go. Um, I don't know if it's that easy. Um, you definitely got to. I don't know if it's mental. <laughs> Like, okay, I'm going to take this and then like, okay, now I'm ready. Um, or what you definitely, it's just like instant carbs. It's like eating dry, man. It's like eating dry mango during, before it's like eating carbs or whatever in between workouts, like refuel, man. It's just like instant carbs. It's just a, just a drink. Um, but when I go like most of my times are like long sessions, like I do, um, something is, I do a lot of sets of something. That's why, I, like I said, I mentioned 80 ring muscle ups. It's not. Like I'm doing 80 sh- like straight. It's like I'm doing like 
a certain amount. I'm resting five, paired it with another movement, you know, over an hour, I've done 80 ring muscle ups. And then I have to go do like, I have to go lift, but it's like, do I just worked out for an hour, dude? Like I need, I need something in my system. Um, when I used to just be like, I don't really know what to take. Like I'll eat a, a chewy bar and I'll be ready. But it's like, dude, that's not enough, bro. Like you're about to be, you're trying to be a professional athlete. You can't, you know, you cannot eat a chewy bar in between comps. Like were you sore after the comp? That's going to help you. How was your recovery? Oh, great, man. Um, after every event and I went, um, home and I went to the Airbnb I was staying at and took like a two hour nap, closed my eyes, listened to Morgan Wallen and couldn't sleep. But it wasn't necessarily the physical aspect of the weekend, man. It was emotional more than anything, dude. I'm talking about like, I, like I, no one warned me about any of that, dude. I'm talking about like the 15 minute corral before every single event, the adrenaline, the handshakes of people I've met, the interviews, the leading, the, the nervousness, the like, I, the constantly thinking about competition for four days in a row, can't sleep. You're thinking about it. You, your first after event one, the world's blowing up. It's like, dude, like people know who you are. Like, are you going to finish come Saturday? It's like, dude, it's yours for the taking all that stuff, like times 10 at that point. And man, it's, it was really like 10% physical. And, mm, and you know who else said that man, it was only 10% physical about uh, eight um, years ago? Yeah. Rich Froney. Who? Oh, he said the games is a, he said it was mental, but he's, he said the physical, all the guys there can do the physical. It's everything else. So, so did you train Monday? How were you Monday? My legs were a little sore. Other than that, man, those thrusters and bike, that, that workout, I mean, it was all legs. So obviously I <laughs> feel that. And I did Murph on Monday. Crazy. How'd you do? What was your time? <laughs> man, I did it at a conversational pace, man, just for, for the troops. I did it. I did it straight through. I did a hundred strict pull-ups and then I went straight through to 300. I think it took me and like with the 20 pound vest, barely under an hour. Oh, he, no, not with the, <laughs> he's mortal. He's mortal. Listen to this. You athletes. Or he's just he's not, mortal. or he's just smart. <laughs> like, you know. I know. I can't. I mean, it's insane that you did Murph on Monday. Yeah. It's He's insane. not the only my, one. My wife did Murph. My da- wife did Murph, and she still hasn't gotten out of bed. I swear to God, she's like fucking. She did in forty-five minutes, no vest, but she's and she didn't do a hundred strict pull-ups. She just probably. I think she said she learned the butterfly while she was during Murph. It just came to her. I swear to God, but she's like in bed, so damaged. So, Jason, just curious. I'm, I'm sure we're towards the end of it time here, but, uh, so funny. you know, I'm sure you've watched some of the games and stuff from the past and it's, uh, more, you know, it's known for being unknown and unknowable and having these, you know, unexpected twists and turns throughout the weekend. Is that something that, that you think will, will suit you well, that you'll thrive under those different changes, unknown circumstances? I think I, I think I will, man. Um, I think I can adapt pretty well. The thing that I'm going to have to be working on is is obviously the skill aspect. What do you mean? Handstand walks? What are you talking about? <clears throat> um, no, I can handstand walk. I, like, I need to practice. It's not necessarily the weakness. Like, 
I don't really have weaknesses anymore. It's more of like, like you just practice and get like, you really, I'm not elite at everything is that's, I think that's the next step. And so like walking on handstand walk, like courses, like with your heart rate at like 180 with the low poles, I need to practice walking on the poles, um, doing parallettes, you know, doing practice legless. Um, I need to practice swimming, all that good stuff, man. It's more of just like, you got to dial that in the, but the, like the grunt work of like, the, the running, I know there'll be a lot of running. I know there'll be like, you know, ruck runs maybe, or, you know, moving, moving heavy stuff that you don't see at a semi or you can't do in your gym, stuff like that. I think that would come natural to me. I feel like my athletic, athletic ability will, will carry over a lot in those spaces. But I think most of the game's training is going to be like, let's get your heart rate super high. Let's get you worn out. And let's how is your swimming? Your skills. Ants <laughs> are coming in two months. <laughs> Have you ever done a triathlon in your life? Yeah, you'll see. No, <laughs> no. Don't don't be trying to do it. Don't be trying to figure out the secrets, man. Y'all are seeing um, too much. So you're going to the games to win the CrossFit Games? Yeah. Have you spoken with any of these other guys since – is there is there anyone in this group, games athletes that you're friends with, these people who are going to the games this year, these 50 guys and 50 girls or however many it is, 30? What, how many go, Brian? Well, there are only, only a few have qualified so far. There's still several weekends. I think he actually might have some friends competing this weekend at the Granite Games. Yeah, uh, Taylor Self. He's from Charlotte. You guys did some training I met together him at the Crash Crucible, like leading up to semis and stuff. Um, we hit it off. We actually, yeah, every now and then he'll, he'll yeah, every now and then he'll he'll um, come to Crash and, and we'll we'll train. Um, do Do you think that, that maybe that anybody. that's people train with other people to try to get better and push themselves harder, but there's a piece of it that might not be good because then those people are getting in your head. For sure. Um, yeah, um, I actually hate losing to Taylor. Taylor actually be- beats me fairly a lot, fairly, a very good amount of times because we do a lot of skill stuff. Um, and JR, most of the time, JR is the one that makes up our workouts or whatnot. Um, but most of the time, I'm like, hey, let's do a workout that is not in my wheelhouse because obviously I want to get better. And so I want to get a good push. Um, but also get pissed when I end up do losing <laughs> to Taylor. Um, but we actually do try to balance it out pretty well, man. Like we'll do, you know, if we'll, we'll put one of my, you know, wheelhouse movements in and one of his wheelhouse movements and we'll try to, we'll go, but most of the time it's a bloodbath, but he gets me some, most of the time, man. Um, but yeah, there are definitely times that leading up to it, it was like, like again, like, Hey, how am I supposed to beat Scott? Yeah, I, I don't know. I've heard Taylor. Taylor's pretty good. I'm excited <laughs> no, to see him this you know? weekend too. Uh, so it's like, Taylor is really It's interesting. Good, Brian and I have been really critical might be too strong, but we've we've definitely discussed the fact that all the semifinals have different workouts and I've not been a fan of that. But after speaking with you, I think my opinion may have changed 
because what this does is this leaves a big question mark for the games. Because if you guys were all doing the, the same semifinals, we would be like, okay, overall Jason would have taken fifth if they were all together or he would have taken first. And so we, we would kind of like, no, we could, we could comment more with more yeah. certainty about who's going to win the games. And now we kind of have no idea. We still have to, I mean, not that we don't, don't have any idea, but we can't compare apples to apples. We have to start like looking at the nuances. Right. No, I never even thought about tell that. Tell me, Brian, like, tell me how smart I am. Like I love it actually. I'm, I'm, I'm working on deciphering all that information in my mind over the next couple of weeks. And I, I really like that perspective. I think so. That was the goal. That's always my goal. Uh, right. Next time we're going to want to chat the next time, right before the games, anything that, anything that, um, you can do to get me Instagram followers would be great. (laughs) Anything that you can do to get me some. I was telling Brian yesterday. That's why I do the games podcast. I have to tell you, I, um, I watched the semifinals to watch um, Travis Mayer, and I and and then I started watching you, and I was like, "Holy shit, this fucker's sucking me into the games again!" Like, I, I really enjoyed watching you move. I really enjoyed watching you compete, and I and I part love you and part resent you because now I'm more interested in the games than I've been in in probably two or three years. So thank you, thank you for that. For and uh, <laughs> and my boys, my boys loved watching you. I was actually really surprised how much my two four year olds and uh, six year old enjoyed watching the games. They actually were like, "Hey," because I don't normally let them watch TV when the sun's out. And they're like, "Hey, can we come in and watch?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure. Watch this Jason Hopper. Watch this Jason Hopper guy hurt my feelings and he beats <laughs> up on my boy Travis Mayer. Meyer Mayer Mayer. What the fuck is it? You know, when I whenever I talk to Travis, I don't want to say his last name because what's his last name? Mayer. Mayor, is there anyone um, you're excited to meet at the games? Like, are you excited to meet Tia? Are you excited to meet like? Well, she was, was there exciting this meeting weekend. Scott this weekend. Yeah. Oh, good point. Yeah, I met I met Tia. Um, she actually gave me a lot of advice on the on back when before I went on the floor. Man, she's a super nice person. Um, so I appreciate her a lot. Mm-hmm. I would love. I met Rich. Got to talk to him a little bit. Met Scott. Man, met all those guys. Man, oh, cool. I want to meet Matt Frazier. <laughs> I'm a fan of Matt Frazier, man. I think we have similar mindsets. Um, so I just want to pick his brain, man, on a lot of things. Um, and then, man, I want to hopefully become friends so I can go out to Vermont and have a I have a proposal for him. One, I want to thank him for really paving the way for crossfit for me like watching the documentary man is is like dude i want to be like that dude even at a as an 18 year old dude um that goes a long way man so dude i would tell him i appreciate him um and then two i want i want to pick his brain because i'm hungry to not only compete but also to learn i want to learn the his mindsets i want to learn his, his his philosophies behind programming learn where he takes advantage of the the one percents and then three man I would love to, well, once he gets his, his, his garage gym finished, I would love to have a seven event comp. <laughs> the doors. We don't have to you mean again, against him? <laughs> yeah, against him. What the happened, thing what is, ha- is what man, this guy's on the curl. The he's on the curls <laughs> regiment these days. He's on the curl. He's looking lean and mean. <laughs> 
I know, but Savannah, I know you can send him this insert. I will. Video um, I I will says. definitely. Uh, I, I I'm trying. It's. But man, I think yeah, I think it'd be awesome just to meet him, man. Have I, any agents reached was, out uh, to you? Has Matt O'Keefe? Sure. I'm sure Matt O'Keefe's going to be like circling your bull soon. Yeah, I've been in. I've have a lot. A lot of people reach out to me. Um, a few, but right now I'm trying to take things slow and enjoy the process for the next couple of weeks. And before I, I, I don't know that world very that well, but he seems to be doing an amazing job for Matt. So I would I would keep him at yeah. the uh, and 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 his guy just <laughs> retired, um, right. you know Matt Fraser just retired and so and so uh, I would keep yeah. him at the oh, uh, yeah yeah yeah. I would, yeah I would keep him at the forefront I, I, and I don't mean to For disparage sure. or say anything about the other managers out there I don't know him but I mean Matt O'Keefe is definitely and Matt Fraser are a powerhouse in terms of performance and and making money. Yeah, for sure. I think the ultimate, speaking of Matt Fraser, I think the ultimate, like, the person I wanted to see the, my performance was him. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, like, it was cool that, like, all these people, like, reached out to me and, like, Dave Castro is like, said this on Instagram and, like, CrossFit is, like, saying this, but it's like. When, when's he going to drop into your, make a comment, nice job, nice <laughs> yeah. job, Hopper. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, but man. Brian, do you have anything else you want to finish on? But yeah, no, just it was it was a uh, it was fun to watch you this weekend. I'm excited for you to train and uh, and and show us what you got in Madison. I appreciate it, man. It's gonna be fun. Let's um, let's Seven's uh, the hang boss, out again. I'm down. <laughs>